Welcome to Let's Talk About It. I am your host, Minga, and this is the only, only podcast where you're going to get some funny, you're going to get some real, and guess what, family? You are going to get all of me. (laughs) Where are y'all going to get that from? Listen, I wanted to talk about, and you know what? I did this podcast, and I'm re-recording it. (laughs) My pen and everything, I don't know, just just fell out of my hand. And my favorite, favorite pen and just rolled somewhere. And I got to find it. It's somewhere under the couch or something. Who knows where it is. But uh, we're either buying a new one or we're just, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) That's where we are with that. But I was talking about, I was in talking about the book of Ephesians and I was um, in the beginning of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2.1, made alive in Christ. And I was telling you about the purity of God and how uh, God's love is so pure. And I was saying that many people do not understand the being made alive in Christ. People have... um, It's like when you're in your mess and you're in your darkest times and you get that, you you become alive in Christ and you get that overwhelming love. Now, on the 14th, on Love Day, we are going to break it down, okay? We're going to have a special show and where we just break down love for you and we may have a special interview with somebody. So... Please, please, please check out the show on on uh, the 14th. Now, this is not about Cupid. This is not about any of that. We're talking about what love really is, really being made alive through Christ. Ephesians tells us that none of us can be saved by ourselves. We can't boast in ourselves. Don't you understand when God does something... Everybody going to know that God did it. It's not something that you can do on your own. It's not something that you can say, oh my goodness, look what I did. It's something that God has to do because God is going to get his glory. You will not get God's glory. God will get his glory. And it seems like when you are made alive in Christ, you can see it. You ever see some people and they look dark and they look dark for years. And we're not talking about skin complexion. We are talking about, it's like a spiritual, it's like whatever you're doing, that's not right. It, it, you start to see it on the person. You start to see it. Whatever spirit that they picked up, you you start to see it. it. It starts to come through them. And you will see sometimes with some people, you see a dark shadow over them. It's on their face. Their whole appearance is dark. You ever look at a person and say, they look dirty. Even though, you know, we're not talking about like they didn't wash or anything. It's just something about their skin, whatever they're doing, they look dirty. Whatever, Whatever they're doing in life. It's showing up on them. And it's showing up on them hard. 
But it seems like even that type of person, when we are made alive through Christ, it's like you get a glow. I remember the lady at the church, she always tells me, you, you have a glow. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, I didn't put my glotion on today. And, you know, if you're a female, you know what I'm talking about. If, if you wear uh, 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 highlight, highlighters and stuff like that. Well, glotion is a highlighter. And it's called glotion. And you put it on your face and it looks like a natural glow that's coming out. And I have came to church, haven't had that on at all. Because sometimes, you know, you just put your clothes on. You say, look, I don't, I don't even feel like putting my clothes on to get out of here. But you getting out of here. And she's like, oh. And, and people just be like, oh, you have this glow. That's the Holy Spirit that she sees. That's the power of God. I have looked at other people and said that. Look at the glow they got on them. They look so brighter. It's, it just seems like, because that's the power of God. That you can, you can actually see when a person is spending time with God. You can actually see when a person has a prayer life. They're not just out here playing. Not only can you see it, you can hear how they talk. Some people can't get with me because they like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I talk, honey, because they hear how you talk. You can tell what a person relationship is with God when you hear how they talk. They start to sound like God. They sound like the word of God. It's like a walking Bible or something. <laughs> they start to sound, they start to walk in the newness of life. So they, even they walk is different. The way they think is different. How they treat people is different. The way they love on people. Even if you make a mistake, even if you do something that you know you ain't got no business doing, it's different for you. The way you go to God is different. It's different. It's not like how you used to be. It's different. You feel different. You like, oh my gosh, Lord, forgive me, Jesus. I know I ain't got no business saying that. I know I ain't got no business doing that. It's different. This is what happens with a person who actually spend time with the Lord. God start to make you different. He tells us to acknowledge him in all thy ways and he shall direct our path. It's a difference when you are made alive through Christ. Christ takes a hold of you. You start looking like Christ. You start talking like Christ. You start moving like Christ. You start depending on God for everything. Because you have made God your choice. You have made him everything to you in your life. People who say, I see so many people that say God is first. But when you talk to these people and you see how they move, they do things without consulting the Lord. They, they, it's like, just like we have a bunch of people. I hear about self-love all the time. But do I, I hear nothing about being selfless. Jesus was selfless. He cared about people. He cared about the souls of people. At this point in my life, I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with having things, but my biggest thing in life is, is to go back with Jesus. What, and I said this to God, whether I have whether I get a chance to go to Paris or not, I've missed a lot of things in my life. 
I've missed a lot of situations. I've missed opportunities. But one thing I cannot miss, I cannot miss Jesus. I cannot miss heaven. People say, oh, I can't wait to see him. I don't want to just see him. I want to go back with him. It's not enough to just see him. Uh, Everybody going to see him. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that every eye will see him. Every, every eye. It don't matter if you're dead. It don't matter if you're alive. It don't matter what's going on. Every eye is going to see Jesus when he comes on that day. Every eye. So everybody's going to see Jesus. The problem is everybody ain't going. What in the what side are you on? Some of y'all need to start picking a side. And when you pick the side, stay on the side. Every eye is going to see Jesus. There ain't going to be an eye that's not going to see him. But my determination is to go back with him. My soul is more important to me than being married, than, than, have, than being married, having a bunch of kids around me, going on vacations, having money. If I didn't have nothing, my goal is to be with Jesus. The Bible is one of the greatest, greatest love books I've ever read. All these people that's talking about, oh, it's hate speech. No, because you know the problem? They don't understand love. They don't understand righteousness. And when you don't really understand love and you don't understand how holy God is, how righteous he is, he tells you these things because he loves you. The enemy only job is to still kill and destroy. Don't you know Satan wants a lot of company? And when I see the things that I see, he's going to have a lot of company. He wants a lot of company, honey. Misery loves company. He is the whole idea of, of misery. He is the epitome of misery. Epitome. Who who would who would do this? The Satan has deceived nations, and he's been doing it for over two thousand years. Deceiving nations because he wants company. Who would who would go out their way to just deceive folks? The biggest lie Satan. One of the biggest lies Satan ever told is to tell people he doesn't exist. Because if you think he doesn't exist, you will do whatever. The biggest lie, another big lie he told people. Oh, he told people that Jesus is not the son of God. He made people believe that, oh, God doesn't have a partner. Jesus never said that he was God's partner. He said that what? He said that me and my father are one. He ain't never told nobody this was a Batman and Robin situation. Who do you think the Lord was speaking to when he said, let us make man into our image and likeness? Some, some, this show, a lot of people don't even read the Bible or know what they're reading. You got people that, that say all kinds of things. You have gay people that get mad over the word of God. No, the word of God is a pure book. 
when he or God created marriage, God ordained marriage. Why did he ordain it between a man and a woman? Look, look at why. Marriage represents the church. It represents Christ in his, in his bride. Who is Christ's bride? His bride is the church. That's what marriage is for. I heard a man that say this, and I totally agree. He said, if you are an unbeliever, I see no point in you getting married. It's no point. You already don't believe, so why get married? Why would an atheist get married? And it says, oh, because the atheists want to share their union. What union? Because God ordained it. So if I don't believe in God, why in the world would I do something he ordained? That makes absolutely no sense. People are confused because they haven't been made alive. We have a bunch of dead people walking. You see it every day. You see, the, you see the dead just walking. Remember Night of the Living Dead? This is what we see. We see dead people just walking, walking, going to work, haven't been made alive. But today, I ask you today to make Jesus your choice. Let him make you alive today. We ain't saved, and I'm going to tell you this. I am not here to bash anybody. I'm not here. I don't care what you have done. I don't care what you're doing, what type of life you live in. I, I don't care about any of those things. If you ain't, look, if you accept Christ, according to Romans 10, 9, God will direct your path on how to live. He'll direct your path on what's right and what's wrong. He said, if you acknowledge me in all, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will, he shall direct your path. He ain't said me. He ain't said acknowledge me. I'm just a messenger trying to tell you that if you accept him, I don't care what, look, I don't care who you got up in your house who laying up in your bedroom. I don't have anything to do with that. My only thing is to tell you the good news. It's up to you to accept it. I'm going to give you all this. I heard a preacher say that he was at a prayer meeting. And the pastor was at this prayer meeting that they were, they were witnessing outside. That's what he said. They were witnessing. He said there was a pastor, the pastor of the church was also outside and he was witnessing. He said a, a guy walked up to the pastor and said, if he become a Christian, he said, if I become a Christian, do I have to stop smoking weed to accept Jesus? The pastor says, no. He says, did you hear what I said, pastor? He said, the pastor said, yes, I heard you. He said, so if I accept Christ, I'm going to ask you again, do I have to stop smoking weed? He says, no. The guy says, okay. He pulls out the weed and he shows the pastor. 
He says, listen, if I accept Christ, do I have to stop doing this to accept Christ? Do I have to stop smoking weed, this right here, to accept Christ? The pastor says, no. Now, I know some people that have been churchified. And listen to me, I'm not talking about the church. I believe people should go to church, but Bible-believing churches, not any church, go to a Bible-believing church, a church that's going to teach you the Word of God, that's not after you for what you can do for them, but they're after, about, they, they're more concerned about your soul. They're, they're concerned about the welfare of your soul. Go to a church like that. But listen... So I know that some churchified people who don't understand that clenched their invisible pearls when they heard that message. But I'm telling y'all the same thing because I ain't clenching my pearls. I understood what the pastor was telling him. You don't have to stop doing anything to come to Jesus. You come to Jesus just as you are. If you smoke weed, if you if you drink too much, if if you shacking up, if you if you laying up, if you're gay, if you if you're this, if you're that, if you're in adultery, if you in fornication, if whatever whatever you're in, whatever state you're in, you can come to Jesus. You can come without price. You can come without payment. You don't need a payment plan. You can come broke. You can come homeless, you can come rich, you can come poor, you can come anyway. Doesn't matter how you come. All of us that's true believers came all kinds of ways. I came to Jesus just as I was. I was doing what I was doing. I was I was fornicating. I was cussing. I was doing all that. I was sleeping with a man that wasn't my husband. He was somebody's husband, but he wasn't mine. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And I came to Jesus just as I was. And when I start to acknowledge him, he starts showing me the way. He starts directing my path. Now, have I had some slip-ups and some hiccups? Oh, yeah, I have. Far too many to count. <laughs> Far too many to count. I don't get out of line. I get back in line. And that's the thing I want to encourage you. I don't care. Even if you came to Christ and you fell short and you slipped up and you did something you ain't had no business doing, don't give up. God ain't giving up on you. Don't give up. This is not the time. Don't let go of the hand of God. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, God, look, because the devil does that. He'll say, look at what you did. Look at what you've done. God don't want you. You're dirty. You're nasty. You're sinful. 
God don't want to have nothing to do with you. Listen to me. That's not true. God wants everything to do with you. Everything. Ask God, said, God, make me better. Take out the things. Take out the old man. Trust me. You ain't saved because of nothing you have done. We could not. Jesus paid the price that none of us could pay. None of us are worthy of the love of God. None of us are worthy. We are all worthy of hell. All of us. We are all worthy of death. None of us have done anything that was so great and so kind that that's not what we're worthy of. It, it's something I was talking to a person, a friend of mine, and he said something. Me and him was talking about how you have people that walk around and not everybody is like this, but some people will say, oh, I ain't never did nothing to nobody. I'm just good. I, I never did nothing. And I said, a person who talks like that and feels they never did nothing to anybody, because you can do something to somebody and don't even know you did it. A person who feels that, I do not trust, because that means that person can continue to do whatever, and they never see anything wrong with it. Because they, they got in their head, they ain't never did nothing. See, but even a person like that can come to Christ. See, when they become alive in Christ, God has showed them. He has showed them. And I'm here to encourage you. I don't even care about what you think, your thought process. You can accept Jesus today. And you can accept him in any state that you're in right now. And he has saved you. He will deliver you. He will clean your house out. And make it brand new. All you have to do is give him a yes. Read Romans 10.9. Romans 10.9 tells us how to be saved. Jesus paid a price. Do y'all understand? He paid a price of something a man who knew Jesus, God, came, made himself a body, made himself flesh. Someone who knew no sin, didn't know anything about sin, never sinned, made himself the atonement for our sins. Because before they were sacrificing lamb and cattle and all that. Jesus sacrificed already. He made the atonement for your sin, my sin. We couldn't have done it. It's nothing that we could ever do to earn anything our way into the kingdom. You, you could never do anything that great. I don't care if you fed a thousand homeless children and took them all in your house. You still could not do anything that was that great. Jesus paid it. 
I love you all. I ask that you accept Yahshua while you still have time. Don't wait for it to be too late. It's things that's happening, things that God is about to do. You want to be a part of that. This is the best time. I don't care if you messed up. I don't care what you have done. This is the best time to, to accept Christ. Get, get it together. I love you. Shalom.